And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Hopefully you did not stay up late for the second half of the Jets-Chargers game last night, but you probably did. Either way, we're here to recap all the painful details We're going to look for some answers and ponder the thought, could Aaron Rodgers even help this offense at this point? I think it's a realistic question. I'm Tim McMaster along with Zach Rosenblatt, our Jets reporter at The Athletic. Thanks for checking out the Can't Wait podcast. Please leave us a great review if you're watching on YouTube or if you're a comment on YouTube. Great review on Apple, wherever you check out the audio version of that. We appreciate it. And thanks for joining us live. If you're doing that on YouTube as well, please subscribe. All right. We're going to get into plenty of football here, Zach, but you have an Arizona hat on today, and I believe that is not because of their football team. No, it right? is. It is because oh, of the football is. team. Yeah, no, the football team has beat ranked teams three weeks in a row, just beat Chip, Chip Kelly's oh. UCLA Bruins, and now they are ranked. So Jed Fish knows how to run a program, knows how to run an offense. Maybe the New York Jets could take some notes. Fair when down. we were just battering, I was thinking you meant basketball because the season opened. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that, that is happening, too. And they're playing Duke on Friday, which is going to be exciting. Um, I had dreams of going to that game, and then I saw the ticket prices, and my dream died. So <laughs> that won't be happening now. And I also have to fly to Vegas this weekend. But um, Well, Syracuse yeah. has lost five in a row, as they do every year around this time. Um, <laughs> it will soon be out of bowl contention. But I do think this is probably the end of uh, another coaching staff here. Is that, Dino is Babers still, I was about been, to say Dino Babers, former Arizona offensive uh, coordinator back in the day. I mean, I've I've really tried to defend Dino because there were some early signs. You know, they got that big win over Clemson when Clemson was number one in the Dome. Yeah, um, they, had, they won 10 games one year. They, they made it back to a bowl last year. I've been like hanging on hope that like the Beamer thing, right? Like Beamer wasn't good at Virginia Tech for a while, but they stuck with him and then he got it cranked up and rolling. I've officially lost hope. They lost to BC soundly mm. on Saturday. It's, it's not, v- it's Vince not says that Q's is at Yankee Stadium on Saturday. Is that right? Oh, is that? Are they playing that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there you go. You, you want to go? T- you going to go, Tim? No, I, w- I will not be there. <laughs> and it's not because of the ticket prices. Yeah, you just don't want to go. <laughs> I just don't want to go. And though, you know what? If they somehow get to six wins, they'll be back in Yankee Stadium because they always get put in uh, the pinstripe bowl. The pinstripe, pinstripe bowl. bowl. Yeah. They've been in more. I think they've been in more pinstripe bowls than any other team. My my last comment on this, and then we can get into the New York Jets. Yeah. Um, We're trying to I'll, delay the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Purpose. My uh, my buddies and I. I was texting them. I'm like, man, I'm. I, honestly might be down to go to a bowl game if they make one. And then we were looking at bowl projections. One of them, my friends live out West, so they can do this. But one of them was the same, the one, the holiday bowl in San Diego. And I looked at the date. It's on a Wednesday during the football season. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to that either. So I'll support them from afar. <laughs> well, the, uh, as I think expected the, the chat already lively today after yes, that game on Monday night. So let's get right into it. We'll start with the offense, the bad, then we'll talk about the defense, the good, and then we'll talk about it. Zach had a great story this week 
um, along with Diana Rossini, talking about Aaron Rodgers and his impact on this team here as basically a part-time assistant coach um, on the weekends. He's weekending as an as an assistant coach with this team. So we'll get into that a little bit too. And and, and Rodgers' timetable, which just keeps getting quicker and quicker, it seems like after his comments uh, on the mic, which. He had to know the camera was there, but we'll talk about that too. Let's talk about the offense first. Zach Wilson, bad again. The numbers don't really tell the story. 34, 49, 263 yards, no picks, but three fumbles, two of them lost. It's fumbled eight times in the last five games. Um, Holding onto the ball too long. It's one of those, you know, you watch him in the pocket. Let's start here, Zach. You watch him in the pocket and I've never played quarterback in, Pee-wee, what pop yeah at any level at any level <laughs> backyard maybe like there you go but in the backyard right one mississippi two mississippi three mississippi uh, yeah. and the, the rush Great comes point. right yeah. yeah zach doesn't seem to hear or feel any of that that was what i got last <laughs> night and it's so frustrating to watch because you're like just at, at one point i'm almost like just get rid of it just chuck it out of bounds over somebody's head like you know the rush is coming, especially because you know this offensive line is not good anymore. It might have been okay a few weeks ago. It's not good right now. Um, he holds on to the ball too long. Your 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 little thing about uh, you know playing backyard football in uh, County of Mississippi just made me think of when I studied abroad in Italy, and one day we we're all playing football with our friends, um, and they asked me to be quarterback. And next thing you know, I'm like throwing picks like every play. They were calling me Rex Grossman out there, and just made me think of that. <laughs> Um, that's kind of how the offense looks here now, but yeah, I, you know, there's just, we, we've kind of like alluded to this. We've tried to like, I think we've been, I feel like we've been balanced on the podcast, like pointing out like when everybody was being too hyped on Zach, like pointing out like, okay, there's still a lot of issues here. And on the flip side, like giving him credit in the areas he's improved, but um, <laughs> in the first, there's so many comments in the chat just saying don't talk about the Jets, which is a t- <laughs> the first time ever. Anyway, we should have had yeah. Connor on today. He would have been like, yeah. "All right, <laughs> I have plenty for you." Um, yeah, it, it's just like hard to watch with Zach. It's like, look, it's great that he's has a better head on his shoulders this year and that he's feeling better about himself, but he still just seems lost out there. Like he's missing guys in the flat again, which was the big issue last year. He's missing guys that are open down the field. He had a medicine ball to Alan Lazard on, on that uh, like first drive when they went three and out um, before the fumble. Um, I believe that was when they punted and then the touchdown scored. But, um, you know, he's not picking up the pressure. You know, I know the offensive line definitely deserves criticism, but I don't think they deserve all of it. I I think he causes a lot of the issues with the sacks. Like pressure, I think a lot of times is on the offensive line. Sacks, I think, depending on the situation, can be more on the quarterback. And I think he got sacked eight times, and I think a bunch of them were on him. Um, not all of them, but a bunch. Some of was on scheme. Some was on some of it was on not giving Billy Turner, who we can, we're going to get into, um, not giving him any help uh, when he was struggling. <laughs> as much as I've seen an offensive tackle struggle in a in an NFL game, um, but yeah, Zach just he's not good. Like I'm, <laughs> it's it's it was hard to watch, and it's every week. This is the worst offense in the NFL. The Giants technically are worse. But they've been playing Tommy DeVito, and they don't have Garrett Wilson, and they do have Saquon, and the Jets have Brees. I think the Jets' offensive line should be better than the Giants' offensive line. Um, the Jets have better tight ends. Like anyway, it's not a comparison game. They're both really bad offenses in New York. Everybody's suffering around here right now. Um, this is the worst third down offense in the NFL. It only got worse. This is the worst red zone offense in the NFL. It only got worse. 
And the two Although commentators didn't have many. What were they? Zero for one. Zero for one. And I believe yeah. if that's the one that counted in my head, they got like sacked out of the red zone in that drive. Right. So right. I believe that counts. Um, Zach was just, it was hard to watch. And it, it's another one of those games. And he had a few of these last year. I think of that Patriots game where he had three picks and he still had like 300 something yards where it's like a lot of like chunk yardage at the end. So his like completion percentage didn't look as bad as it should have. And his yardage looked a little better because he got 60 yards on the last drive. But before that he was under 200 yards. They were throwing the ball a lot. And it, you know, I don't think the plan, like I don't think throwing the ball a lot is necessarily a bad thing, but I didn't, don't really know what their plan was with some of like the routes they were calling some of the, I mean, Zach blowing a lot of it. Um, but yeah, his final numbers, you know, he, like, like you said, they don't, if you, the final boxer does not do us justice because I think he was averaging like five yards per attempt and he had like 35 pass attempts. And it should be said, like Justin Herbert was just as bad statistically, but you, you at any moment you felt like Herbert w- could do something and you never felt that way with Zach. Like there was not, it never felt like there was a threat of Zach doing anything. You know, there's a play. And Herbert was going against one of the best defenses in the NFL, and Zach yes. was going against the worst passing defense. The, in the worst, NFL. the worst. And I, as I said to somebody last night, like the the real antidote to having the worst pass defense in the NFL is playing the Jets because I believe the Broncos had that before they played them as well. Um, uh, like and one play that just pops in my mind that was like indicative of the problem with Zach right now is that he's so scared to like make a mistake. There's a play where. He's, he's running, and he has a clear lane. He could run. He could get a big gain, probably a first down. And instead, he tosses it to Michael Carter where there's, like, three defenders around him. And it, it's like what – he explained it after the game. Like, he like he was going through his progression, and that was his progression. And then as soon as he did it, he realized that he made a mistake. But, like, he, he needs to figure it out beforehand. Like, his his pre-snap reads and, like, all, all this stuff that he's doing. Um. Doesn't your progression end when you leave the pocket? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, it becomes backyard quarterback a little bit, which is what he was good at at one point. But like that play, that play was near midfield, I think, or getting close to midfield. And they were still very much in the game at that point. And it it was, yeah, it was hard to watch. Yeah. um, And, you know, I, I believe on the, on the broadcast last night, um, that Eli Manning and Eli and Peyton, especially Eli were like roasting the jets. Um, there was like a, there was like a moment where Trevor Lawrence was about to leave. He's like, I'll stay for one more jets drive. I want to watch the jets offense one more time. He's like, you want to watch the jets offense. You just want to watch them go three. And out. you have like a minute to spare. That's all, that's all you're going to need. Um, but I, he alluded to something like how Zach, like told him in the production meeting about how like the, the offense is basically their, their instruction center. Don't make mistakes. Like that's, and that's kind of what it was last year. I remember, you know, I reported about this in my, you know, feature about LaFleur and Zach Wilson last year. Um, the instruction was if your first and second read aren't there, run. Like that was the instruction last year. It, it seems a little different this year because he hasn't run as much. So I don't know that they're telling right. him to take off and run. And to a degree, that's probably smart because you don't want him doing the thing where he circles back and all of a sudden he's 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage and scrambling around and all the where the terrible stuff happens. But, um, we'll get into the offensive coordinator side of things because there's a discussion to be had there as it relates to LaFleur and Hackett and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I just, on one hand, like it can't get much worse than Zach Wilson and he'll start against the Raiders. I feel pretty confident saying that that game is a real, it feels like uh, the Giants one to a degree where we kind of said something similar and they barely won that one. Like if this feels like the one, if they lose it, it can go off the rails for this team real quick. 
And the Raiders suddenly look like a juggernaut smoking cigars yeah, in the I'm locker saying. room. Like they oh, got, man, was, they got all the positive vibes. I guess we cover the Jets, so we can't say act like you've been there before. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, you know, if you remember last year, like it felt like it was going off the rails, and they switched to Mike White, and he, he saved their season, and I, I mean, saved their season. Uh, the, I, this that did sidetrack, but this did make me think like Mike White wound up being their biggest loss this offseason, ultimately. But um, yeah. but yeah, I. I so on one hand, if Zach goes out there and is bad again and they lose to the Raiders, like it would be hard to argue against them benching him. But the Jets front office and Robert Sala have put this team in a position where your only options are Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon. So like the idea that it can't get worse, like maybe it can with those guys. Like if you just look at their stats, their, stat, their stats in the NFL in terms of like turnovers are worse than Zach probably. Uh, Trevor Simeon has had a good year as a starter. So maybe you feel better about him. He's been in the system now for a month and a half. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know the solution. I If they lose to the Raiders, I think you have to bench them um, just for the sake of the locker room, not falling apart like last year. Because uh, the Raiders are not a good football team. They're another bad defense. Like the whole thing was, oh, we placed these gaunt- this gauntlet of ba- great defenses to start. It'll get better. They faced the worst pass defense in the NFL, and they looked like they're absolutely stumped. Like Zach, Zach Wilson is just – He's not a starting NFL quarterback. Like this is what we were trying to figure out this year. And may- maybe he can be that somewhere else. And maybe there is something to that. He goes somewhere else and has a Geno Smith Renaissance somewhere else. Cause I think he has talent. I do think he has arm talent, but like the football term, um, I just don't think this is working here. And I think the jets made a grave error going into this off season. And maybe I should have hounded this more. A lot of fans were on me for not like questioning it more. And I think they ultimately are right. They should have brought somebody in to push him for the number two starting the number two quarterback job. I get you can't get rid of Zach. You can't cut him. You can't trade him. You can keep three quarterbacks on the roster. Like there's guys at the bottom of the roster they don't need. Um, and like there, it doesn't make much sense why they didn't bring in a veteran. Like everybody's been referencing this this week, and frankly, it's fair. I I do think circumstantially, like um, it's a unique case. But Josh Dobbs was traded to the Vikings. Five days later, he didn't know his teammates' names. He didn't know the cadence that he learned it on the sideline, and he led them to a win, and he was more productive than Zach Wilson's maybe been in a game in his NFL career. There's a dude, Tyson Bajan. I think he was undrafted by the Bears, um, and he's looked more competent than Zach Wilson. Like The amount of quarterbacks, like what are the – like this is a new scheme, and it's complicated for Zach, and he had to learn all this stuff. But, you know, we're, we're n- nine weeks into the season, and it seems like they're further away somehow. Like this is the – it's an embarrassing offense. It's a, it's like absolutely disgusting to watch. And I can't imagine Woody Johnson is happy. You know, they're the laughing stock of the league. And like I, I tweeted, I quote tweeted, there's like a, there's all these like analytics guys who do these like stat graphs where it's, you know, one stat here, one stat here. And it was third down in red zone. And the Jets are far and away at the bottom left. Oh, Every yeah. other team's in this area. The Jets are all, you can't see me if you're not uh, watching, but. All the other teams right here, the Jets all the way down here alone. Like, that's not an NFL offense. Like, Sa- Sala says a lot of things in his press conferences, which is helpful as a reporter. Him saying that they've, they're have they close for so many weeks now and then saying the thing last week where he said, you know, we're, we're close and, you know, when we figure it out, it's going to be a lot of fun. You're not close. <laughs> you get they, they use the excuse every week. We shot ourselves in the foot. That's the only thing, you know, we're close. We just shot ourselves in the foot. We stopped shooting ourselves in the foot. We'll be, we'll get there. Well, you're doing it every week. So like something is not working like that. Either the message isn't getting through. These players aren't 
listening. The, the, dis, the coaches aren't disciplined enough. People aren't taking accountability. I don't know what is wrong, but you can't say every week, the only reason why our offense isn't good is because we shoot ourselves in the foot. Well, no, your offense just isn't good. You just happen to be shooting yourself in the foot. You proved me otherwise. Like we haven't seen any evidence in the history of the Jets. Like in the last 10 years, or I think it's 11 years, they haven't, I, I had this in my story. I don't have it in front of me, but in the last 11 years, they've only once been in the top 20 in offense. And that was in 2015 with Fetch Patrick. And I think they've been in the bottom five in like eight of those years out of 11. Like this is par for the course. It just feels like more of the same. Um, and I just, it's, it's, it's exhausting. I, and I know everybody makes fun of me because I haven't been covering the Jets for very long and I already like exhausted by it. And these, but you haven't souls, built up your, uh, yeah, these, these poor souls have been either covering the jet, like Rich Samini has been covering the Jets since before I was born. And even Connor has been doing it for like six or seven years, however long and Andy Vasquez. And, um, and I've only in my second season, I feel like I've aged in dog years covering this team. <laughs> Um, but it's just like the the offense is arguably worse than it was last year when they averaged like 16 points a game. And it just seems like they're not any closer to figuring it out. And I get it. Like it did feel like in the beginning of that game um, before Garrett's fumble, like that drive, he, it felt like they were like starting to move a little bit. Garrett had a nice catch and then he just held onto the ball poorly. He dropped it. Garrett does not fumble the ball. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, I, I wrote down a note in the early going that I really liked the, that they kind of going up pace, fast pace with the offense, um, trying to move quickly. I mean, there was like five possessions in the first four minutes of that game because it was just the way it was going yeah. back and forth. But I actually, it was a positive note. It was like, you know, they had gotten a couple first downs and they were, it was in, in and out of the huddle quick or no huddle. And it was something different. It felt like, it felt like they were taking people's like, thoughts about how they need to speed things up and they were actually taking them to heart. And then that fumble seemed to change everything. Yeah, it, it did. And there's, there's a comment here from strong Island 57. He said, you can't have competent quarterback play with no blocking drops, penalties and zero run game. I'm, I'm t- like, those things are all true, but that doesn't like excuse Zach Wilson for his game. Like, um, you know, I, I, that just made me think of weirdly a Joe judge quote from when I covered the giants. He said, um, Every player in this field, every position group, the execution, it all comes down to me. The fish stinks from the head down. Um, it, it starts with the coaching staff, but the entire fish stinks. So, like, everybody stinks right now besides the defense. <laughs> and, you know, again, we're, we're, fo- we're, we're focused on Zach Wilson in this part. I guess I can branch out. Like, 
Yeah, you want to move to Billy Turner? Yeah, we can move to Billy. I mean, I kind of feel bad. Like, this guy shouldn't be a start starter. Yeah. And, Con- but, and again, Connor but, made this point on Twitter. Like, the offensive line, like, the five guys that started last night, it's not as if they are guys that they found off the street. These are guys they invested in. The left tackle is a first-round pick. Um, the left guard, they spent a lot of money on in free agency. Joe Tittman was a second-round pick this year. Max Mitchell, I think you could excuse struggling because he's playing right guard for the first time in his career. Billy Turner's the guy they chose as their swing tackle, which meant he was probably going to play at some point. Like you chose, you could have signed somebody else and you chose Billy Turner as your swing tackle. And he gave up nine pressures. I believe he gave up three sacks and a couple of QB QB hits. hits, Um, And he looked that bad too. Like sometimes the stats, you know, don't align with the eye test. Um, Joe Tittman in terms of the stats came out pretty well, but Lake and Tomlinson didn't have a good game either. But I mean, Billy Turner, um, you know, not to, you know, go down the list of Aaron Rodgers' buddies, but Alan Lazard had a brutal game. I, you know, I kind of, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt because of the poor quarterback play and all that stuff. It's reached a point now where he's become like an unproductive player. He, he had more combined, at least before the last drive. I, I think he might've had a couple catches on the final drive. Yeah. He had one on the final drive. So he had, I believe two penalties, one drop and two catches. Um, and he's just not getting open. So they don't have any weapons at receiver. Randall Cobb was a healthy scratch, which probably was the right move. Xavier Gibson showed some juice down the field. I don't get why they don't get him the ball in space. He's better after the catch than like, you know, he's a five foot eight guy. Why are you, he's not like a down the field guy. They kept faking the revert, the end around and they handing did. it off to Brees up the middle. And I, it's like, every time I was like, okay, they're finally going to do the end around. And every single time it was Brees up the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, the running game didn't really get going, but again, it's hard to run the ball when they know you're going to run it. So like in the, the pass is not a threat. Um, you know, Brees Hall had a comment. I, we'll, we'll get to Garrett's comments too, but Brees had a comment after the game where he basically said, we got to grow up on offense. Like, look, this is a long way towards me getting to the point. I was ultimately wanting them to get to which, and it goes to the fish stinks from the head down uh, comment. It, it that at the top of the fish, if you remove Robert Salo, who deserves criticism, and we can get into that too, it's Nathaniel Hackett and it's Zach Wilson on offense. These are, we, I wrote about this before, I believe the Bron, or maybe it was after, yeah, I think it was after Rodgers got hurt. I wrote about how they're kind of like pinning their season on these two guys. And both of them have failed the test. Um, this offense is unimaginative, and I don't understand what they're doing a lot of the time. It's not always Hackett's fault. A lot of times, you know, there's a good play design and Zach Wilson ruins it, but the two of them have not been a match made in heaven. Um, and, you know, Hackett has a history of boring offense. You know, he, the Broncos had the worst offense in the league before he lost play calling duties last year and then got fired. The reality is he's here and the Jets can pretend like it's not the case. He's here because Rodgers wanted him here. And now Rodgers isn't playing and they don't have a backup plan. Because um, Rodgers can take a boring offense yes. and make well, it. Because Rodgers is a co-offensive coordinator when he's playing. Right. Like he's calling that's the whole hand signal thing and throwing the defense off balance. And, you know, he can read a defense better than almost any quarterback in the history of the NFL. Like he's very high IQ football mind, whatever you think of him off the field. Like he's like, there's a difference when he's out there. And that's what goes back to your original question. Like the way you started the pod, like would they have been better with Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback? Yes, of course they would be better with him. The question is more like coming off the Achilles. Would he actually be very, be able to survive behind this whole line? Um, but I mean, his ability to just diagnose things better um, and like, you know, call for help, but they don't really chip at all. That that was another kind of funny thing that Eli alluded to. He, he was like mad that 
basically mad that like Zach Wilson lied to him in the production meeting saying they were going to chip block those defensive ends and they didn't do that at all with the running backs. So I think Nathaniel Hackett has kind of been a disaster so far, frankly. Um, and I Salah has said he's not going to take play calling duties away from him. You wonder how much of that has to do with like not wanting to anger Aaron, but I, I, I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers, you know, as much as Aaron Rodgers is best friends with Nathaniel Hackett, I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers watched that game yesterday and was happy with the job his buddy is doing and he's happy with the job uh, his mentee is doing. Like I, You, you can say what you want about Aaron, but I, I do think he is smart enough to watch a football game. I'm curious what he says on the Pat McAfee show in a little uh, – I'm sure he'll talk a little bit after we get off here. I'm curious what he talks about because he was there. He was on the headset. There's just no – I don't know. I, there's problems here. I, they've been there. They were kind of hiding because they were four and three. And so you're able to like, pretend like your issues aren't there and they come out in a really bad way when you lose. And I'm concerned about the rest of the season now with Zach Wilson and thing of Hackett running things. And that, I don't know if you, I don't know if Salah can get away with demoting Hackett at this point and benching Zach Wilson. Maybe that leads to things being worse than everybody's out of a job at the end of the year. Maybe that's why they don't do it. I don't know. But, um, something's wrong and everybody's looking in the mirror. And I don't know if that means giving Todd Downing more responsibility or Keith Carter or whatever it is, but they're undisciplined, especially on offense. They don't really seem to know what they're doing out there. Receivers aren't getting open enough. Receivers are dropping when they get the ball. The offensive line is inconsistent. Dalvin Cook should not be in the game at all. Michael Carter is not really contributing. Um, you have guys like Garrett Wilson fumbling when they never do. Like they are, they are shooting themselves in the foot, but that's not an excuse anymore. Like this, this is a bad NFL offense. And you know, Woody Johnson. I'm curious what the conversations are like behind the scenes because I, I'm certain that he is not happy with the product and the fact that the the offense is a laughing stock. Any anytime they're on prime time, which last year was pretty rare. This year has been more frequent, so you have more national experts. You, like Troy Aikman was just like exasperated. Oh. I think uh, the first four times that Zach dropped back, Aikman had something brutal, brutal to say about it. <laughs> yeah, just... that's yeah. I, I only see these clips surface after the game because I'm obviously not like fo- focusing on the broadcast, but I see the clips and Trey Aikman was not having a good time. Um, you know, you see national expert like Dan Orlovsky come in with games like this. They offer analysis. Just, everybody's watching it. So everybody's like, um, they did what there, and then you have everybody looking at the play designs, and, and there's more. It's helpful for all of us because everybody's like analyzing the Jets, but also they're subjecting themselves to watching this offense, which is again like, you know, it's like we're watching a high school offense in the NFL. Like they, they just don't know what they're doing. Um, Do we want to hear from Garrett here? Yeah, let, let's throw the Garrett clip because it actually kind of ties into this. Yeah. So Garrett was asked after the game if. The play calling, the offensive system is the issue. I don't know, man. I really don't know. You know, I like to think that that, you know, that isn't the case and that, you know, it's truly things that we can we can all just watch the film on and be like, all right, we gotta do this better and this will be a touchdown. But um, you know, I, yeah man, I go out there and play, I, I watch film all week and and uh, you know, that wasn't that wasn't what we expected to do this to the, um, that's not what I expected to do today as far as the offense, you know. And, and um, I know a lot of the guys feel the same. Um, you know, like I said, it's in the schedule, man. And, and, you know, it's getting to the point where it's disappointing. You know, I hate coming off the field, looking our defense in the eyes and, and you know, knowing that we got to send them back out there after three and out. You know, them boys are my dogs. And they come out and 
and ball. They put us in a great position. It's time for us to start returning the favor, man. And um, it's it's time. You know, we got to figure it out. Yeah, maybe that's a good transition to the defense, right? Yeah, that should say that was off a question about whether he thinks the scheme has been an issue, and he did not say it's not. So, right. Um, said, I don't know, which is his way know, of not wanting say, to specifically yeah. cause stir. But yes, I'll, I'll say this about Garrett, and I've said it over and over again. Like, he's as good post game as like any player I've ever covered, especially after a loss. He's very thoughtful and honest with his emotions. And I'm sure the PR staff maybe doesn't like that sometimes, but <laughs> like Sauce to a degree too. Like, Sauce is more like he kind of like smiles and like alludes to like, you like saying what you think he's saying kind of thing, but he's. He's a, a little like Garrett has a little more emotion to him. He wears his heart on his sleeve. So I, uh, I really appreciate Garrett Wilson and you know, how m- kind of mature and professional he is with us because he, you know, he, he never like scoffs at a question. I've never seen him scoff at one of our questions. He handles everything gracefully. So he's impressive and the jets are lucky to have him and you hope that they don't keep wasting him away because he's an elite player. So um, I know he had a fumble, but he does not fumble the ball. They did not lose that game because of that fumble. It certainly did not help the momentum, but yeah, this is a good transition to the defense because we've spent most of the pod on the offense so far. Um, but the defense, so the, yeah, the defense was was tremendous. The Chargers, 191 yards, three and a half yards per play. Um, they stopped the run. Eckler had 47 yards on 14 carries. Herbert's basically the worst game of Herbert's career, right? Uh, he was hit 13 yeah. times. 136 yards passing is a career low. Crazy. I mean. This is, you had this stat, I think, um, Zach. The Jets are the only team in the Super Bowl era to have five sacks, allow less than 200 total yards, not allow any plays of 25 yards or more, and lose by 20-plus points. It's a remarkable feat. I, I saw that on Twitter, and I think I linked to it, so I can't take full credit for that stat. Well, but, it's, um, it's like what they did against the Giants, negative passing yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah, great point. And yeah. they were like, everybody was like, well, you, you know can't do that well here we go they outdid yeah. themselves i mean it was a remarkable performance by the defense like yeah you know there were some plays they gave up but like you can't blame them for anything and like you can blame the special teams side of the like if you want to count that towards defense but that was special teams earth charles missed attack unfortunately goal. my fantasy team it counts yeah. as special teams. oh yeah earth charles missed night earth charles missed tackling the guy and there was the other guys were not getting off block so um he scored a touchdown the special teams has been almost perfect this season. Like you can't blame them. Greg Zerline scored their only points again. Um, I will say the irony of the Jets having Thomas Morstead lead the introductions on a day where he punted like seven times is not lot should not be lost in anybody. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean the the defense, man, like it's I think this defense is better than it was last year, and it's so it feels like it's being wasted even more. They did m- miss opportunities to like Four turnovers like there was the i think jordan white had to drop to pick the worst one was michael clemens not picking up a fumble he was like thinking about scoring that was pretty he tried bad. to pick it up instead yeah, of jumping. that would have been a Which, pretty big difference you know but, what people were really critical of him for not diving on the ball i totally get the mindset i'm yeah, sorry score. like he's yeah. thinking in his head there's no way our offense is going to yeah. score points like i have to score this and we we heard that from a lot of people talking about leading even leading up to the game right about i think amo said it um that this defense needs to score touchdowns. That shouldn't be the mindset of a defense. They shouldn't have to think that way. That like the only way we're going to win football games is not only do we not allow any points by the other team, but we also have to score the points for our team. I mean, it's ridiculous, and that's that's where they're at right now. It's mentally. That's what. That's why 
Um, you know, I think the defense is having a hard time answering these questions. That's how they kind of do it. You, I, I allude to this a lot. There was the game last year where Carl Lawson was like, well, we should have given up zero points. We gave up three. <laughs> like right. That's an insane standard. Um, and I know they hold themselves to a very high standard. They want to be like elite, elite. And, you know, um, didn't force. I don't think they forced any turnovers. So I guess there's that. But like, I, I mean, the pass rush was like the D-line, especially the defensive end. I tweeted about this earlier and we've talked about it on here. Like Jermaine and Bryce Huff, like that pass rush duo just feels like it's unstoppable right now. <laughs> like there's two. John, JFM had a great game. I think Quinnen had two pass deflections for JFM. Yeah, and he had a sack, a, a nice yeah. one actually. Um, Quinnen, I think we're reaching the point of the season where it's fair to start wondering where the where the QB hits and sacks are from him because he has a half a sack I think this year. Um, but Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff, like you know, Bryce Huff's price is going up every week. I think he's up to five sacks now, career high. Uh, I think he he's like seventh in pressures. And all the guys above him have played like twice the amount of snaps. Jermaine Johnson, the last couple of weeks has just been absolutely dominant and he's good in the run game. Like they're both young. I think they're both might be the same age because Jermaine was a little older for a rookie, but lock Bryce Huff down. Joe Douglas said at his press conference uh, last week, I don't know if we've, have we done a pod since then? I can't remember. We did. We touched on the, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And he said the that they were talking yeah. to, they were talking to Bryce Huff's reps. I don't know if, what that means. I think he, he's going to be very expensive now. And like, are you at the point now where you have to just franchise tag Bryce Huff or do you let him go and hope Will McDonald's ready next year? Like, I don't know, but you um, can't, you can't let him go. Maybe yeah. you do one. No, year I, I, I know you can. I, and the no, I don't mean even riot. on a football yeah. level. Yeah. I mean, on a fan base level. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. The fans just, would riot if you let him yeah. go. And by the way, and not to sidetrack again, to go back to the offense, but every week, this is just underscoring why that Will McDonald pick made no sense. And I think he's going to be a good player in the NFL down the line. Right. That was not a pick for this year and your team that needed a pick for this year. Like again, I hate keep referencing Connor or giving him credit. It's the last time I'll do it. But his point, he made a point that like they could have drafted a JSN, Jackson Smith, uh, Najigba. He has like two touchdowns and like 30 receptions and like over 200 yards. And I think he would be right up there with Garrett Wilson's or like right under Garrett Wilson's stats for the jets. And he could be in the slot. You know, you wouldn't have to be playing Randall Cobb as much as you had before this week. Uh, and it didn't make sense at the time, and it was I was critical of it then. I backed off as I saw Will McDonald playing really well in training camp, and then the season came around, and and uh, and Will McDonald was a healthy scratch one week, and he you know he's he did have his first half sack yesterday, but that pick doesn't didn't make any sense, and Joe Douglas deserves criticism. This draft class has not contributed this season outside of Joe Tipman for a few games. Like most of these guys have been healthy scratches. They don't play Izzy Abanaconda still, which I don't get. Um, anyway, back to the defense. So that D line has been dominant. The corners were fantastic. Like Sauce and DJ Reed were shutting guys down. I think the safeties played fairly well. Quincy Williams had a couple big hits. They did miss a few tackles early again, but you can't blame the defense for a single thing that happened on on Sunday in terms of the loss. Like this. This group is playing out of their mind. Like teams are kind of afraid to throw against them at this point, and they should be. And, you know, they're playing Aiden O'Connell next week. I imagine the Raiders are going to give the ball to Josh Jacobs a lot. And in the coming weeks, like even Josh Allen to a tag of Tago tag of Viola. I don't know. I need to work on tag that. Tag of Viola. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, are they going to throw it against the Jets? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like their defense is stellar and the offense is wasting it. Like, this That's is not because the Dolphins have that concern of Tua, right? Like, yeah, getting hit basically. 
Yeah, and the Dolphins, to their credit, are good at getting rid of the ball quickly, though, is the way they counteract it because they have a a genius uh, play caller. But um, I'm a big Mike McDaniel guy. But, uh, yeah, you know, this is not a defense of a 4-4 and team, and this is not the offense of a 4-4 and team, and that's why you're stuck in the middle. So um, that's kind of where we're at uh, going into Week 10. Uh, We're right where we were last year. We're right back in the mix. We could – let's just play our – when they play the Bills – no, not the Bills because that was the Mike White game. I don't know. We should play one of the late season pods next week. Just of, re-air it. Take yeah, a week. Uh, re- take three days off the, for yeah. the post game pod. <laughs> um, yeah, it's bad. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Maybe we can go to the chat if anybody. Yeah, let's talk about. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron uh, Rodgers. And your story with Diana this week where it was good. It was, I mean, it was a positive. If you need an uplift, you know, go read <laughs> that one. It, it was mostly positive. It talked about how valuable Rodgers continues to be how tight the quarterback room is with all the guys that are in there and how they they still FaceTime Rodgers in like throughout the week when you know and they said not just to get his thoughts necessarily but just to like keep him abreast and and let him know what what what's going on but that that all leads into last night too Zach where um cameras were rolling after the game players shaking hands with the other team and Derwin James comes up to Aaron Rodgers and says, hey, man, when you coming back? And Aaron says, with the camera, it looked, he had to know the camera was there. It was like oh, right sure there. Yeah. He says, give me a few weeks. Few is a weird word. Like yeah, a couple. Yeah. It could be interpreted two, a lot of ways. Yeah. Right? A few to me, has I've always considered few three. Like that's yeah. the number. But but a few can be stretched. <laughs> and he said, I don't give know me if a you few. can stretch it to like eight weeks, but like. And who knows? Maybe he meant like, give me a few weeks and then I'll let you know. Like, we don't know what he meant specifically. Yeah, like, <laughs> right, right. Well, we know what he um, meant to say. He meant to get people. Fired. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he knew. He always knows what he's doing. Um, Yeah. But I, I don't know if you're about to ask something about that. Well, just I mean, that's just crazy. But then you had a quote in your story from someone in, mm-hmm. the you know, in yeah. the front office. I think you classified them as high up. Right. Yes. Like, yes. Who was basically like, there's no there's no way. And yeah. then they said, well, hopefully it happens. Like they do that <laughs> at the end. But it's it was like there's there's no way he could play this year. So yeah, I'm I remain skeptical. Um, you know, he does look good. He's he was walking around without a golf cart this time. Like I he did say on McAfee last week that he, he still has a lot of steps he has to make. And I just personally find it hard to believe a doctor would clear him that quickly after Achilles. Like I you know, 
I don't know, maybe week 18, week 17. I, I, the way this season's going, I don't see them being contenders. And that was like a big caveat for him, but I also could see him watching last night's game from the sideline on the headset and being like, they're a me away from being good with this defense. Like this, this is a Super Bowl defense. I need to get back here. And like, I think that's probably where his head's at. Um, so he's done a really good job on the sideline for the most part of just like being stoic talking yeah. on the microphone, but they cut to him at one point last night and he visibly like looked up at the sky and like shook <laughs> his head. Um, and <laughs> that was the first time I think that that's been kind of captured by the cameras and you know, they're rolling on him all the time, but uh, that, that was telling to me as far as what, they, what you they, just They said. should have an Aaron Rodgers cam like on ESPN um, in the, in the, the Ocho or something. So you can just watch that. <laughs> you got yeah, McAfee yeah. just commenting on what Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Like a time. McAfee uh, yeah. cam. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, you know, that's the carrot. As I've said, that's the carrot on the stick. And, you know, he's his presence so far has, you know, cauterized anyone from like lashing out like they did last year. Maybe I don't know if he's going to be in Vegas. I guess it's close to Malibu, so maybe he'll fly over. I don't know. Um, but like it, it, it feels like if the offense keeps struggling, it's it could we could get back to some finger pointing. I don't know. Um, but ultimately, like, do do you really want to put Rodgers in? Also, at the same time, are Robert Sala and Joe Douglas like, or specifically Robert Sala? Is he coaching for his job? So like, is he going to want to? to push Aaron Rodgers to come back no matter what. Like, Just I don't know. There's save a, his job. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I mean, I don't think Robert Sala would really have any say in that. It, it'll be the doctors and Aaron ultimately. Cause Aaron, if, if Aaron comes and says the doctor cleared me, I'm playing. He'd be like, okay, go on in. Um, you also can't put him in with the current offensive line. In my opinion. Yeah. I mean, if they get healthy again yeah. and they're back to what they were three weeks ago. Okay, fine. But like as that offensive line is currently constructed, I would not put Aaron Rodgers behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not ready to rule out that he comes back. I'm not saying that. I I'm just with the source that we had that it just seems highly illogical and frankly not like it doesn't sound like a good idea to put him out there that early at 39 years old. If your plan is to bring him back next year, you're risking a lot. And I think he knows the risk involved and that's he's he said he's like if I can't drop back, if I can't do the things that I want to do, I'm not going to like come back. Like I think he knows the risks of if he comes back early and what could happen. Like if, if he has another one of those injuries, that could be the end of his career. Like, and is it worth it for two games at the end of the year? If you're not even guaranteed a playoff spot, like, I, I don't know. Um, but at I the end gonna... of the year, you're also closer to the beginning of next year, like yeah. mentally, like when you first get injured, right? You're thinking, Oh my God, I'm not going to play football for a year. But by week 18, it's like, I'm not going to play you know, training camps, it's like six months away. Yeah. We're, we're on our way. Like, yeah, true. Although he probably won't go to OTAs this year, I imagine. But um, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff at play here. And I can't imagine he watched that game and was particularly happy about the direction of the team right now. So I'm uh, curious to see how he, what he says on McAfee today. And then if they lose against the Raiders, how motivated is he going to become to come back to this team this year? And then if they start, you know, really falling off a cliff like they did last year, what does that mean for next year? Like these are all things that will come up. It's a week to week league as we have obviously seen the apocalypse is every week the jets lose. Um, they celebrate a little too much every time they win, like to go somewhere down the middle, but it's kind of where we live, but I'm, I'm concerned about this Raiders game. I'll say that. Yeah. Two weeks ago we did the show. It was, it was before the giants game. I think it was coming off the, the previous win. 
And we actually like, I teased like, Hey, next week, depending on how this giants game goes, we should do a segment where we see where Zach Wilson ranks now among who's starting in the NFL. Mm. And, and we were like, well, we should, we'll wait till after the giants game. And I think our thought was like, he's kind of moved up a little bit. All right. right. We're going to do that. Yeah. We were going to talk about that where he, cause there was, you could, you could rattle off a handful of quarterbacks who had been disasters maybe Zach with the way he was doing it was above them. We never did that segment. He's, I mean, he's, uh, <laughs> he's back would, at 32. I don't know. I, I put him maybe above 31. I mean, Cause Tommy I put him above DeVito. Tommy DeVito. Uh, but Tommy, Tommy DeVito, he's he scored more play. touchdowns the last two weeks too. So, <laughs> and, uh, but Tommy DeVito undrafted, you know what yes. I mean? Like it's undrafted just, rookie. Yeah. That's the crazy part. Like, I feel like he's in his third year and we're talking, he like gets talked about, like he's a rookie still learning how to play football. Like that's the craziest, like that's kind of like overlooked part of it to me. Um, yeah. Most Brian quarterbacks Sternick are- says Bryce Young's probably still worse. That's yeah, Bryce Young is Bryce really Young's bad, not- but he, Bryce Young has a worse offensive line in front of him too, which is a part of it. But yeah, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud on the flip side, again, a guy ready to go right away. Like that dude's wow. an absolute stud. He had almost 500 passing yards this week. And he is better than I thought he was going to be. I don't want. I'm kind of anti Ohio State quarterbacks, yeah. but I think that's Whoa. why everybody like was like, I don't know about him. And I heard Bill Simmons joking about like how many quarterbacks have had like a acronym as a first name that have worked out. There's like AJ Feely. There's like, um, like <laughs> AJ, yeah, that's yeah. A, AJ. <laughs> yeah, there's Fields not many. There's not many names that are like CJ, and so, um, but yeah, he's he's fantastic. But that's that, I say this to people a lot, like. I watch other games sometimes. I'm like, man, what's it like to cover like a team with a functioning offense? Like it's just like even Justin Herbert, he, even when he, he wasn't making all the throws, but he takes the shots and he had the throw to Keenan Allen. And um, you just like feel the threat of him throwing it. Whereas like the jets, you feel the threat of Zach throwing it, but in a different way, like it's like, Oh no. Yeah. You're bracing oh, for what could go it. wrong. Whereas yeah. Justin Herbert's like, Oh, he's throwing it. So it's all about tone. It's a, it's a feeling on the third downs too. Like every time the Chargers had like a third and four last night, I just had this assumption, and and the Jets stopped a good amount of them. But I had like this feeling that oh they're going to get it, even against a good defense. And I feel like most teams that right third and three or third and four, yeah, there's a feeling okay this is workable. We're probably they'll probably get this yeah. in today's NFL. The Jets on third and two, you're like, what play could possibly get this team two yards right now? Because they can't run it for that. And so that means Zach's going to have to do something. I mean, their, their offense is entirely reliant on Brees Hall breaking. Like I, I joked about last week, like accidentally breaking. Yeah, 50 yards. Not accidentally, but like that's, I mean, I, so, uh, Andy Vasquez from NG.com had a crazy stat where like they have three touchdowns in the last four weeks and all three of them have come on one play drives. So they've never had a touchdown drive lasting more than a play. They have eight touchdowns in eight weeks. Like it's a level of incompetence that is like baffling in the modern NFL. We're back where we started. Back Talking where we started. The offense. Fun all times, right. guys. Yeah, fun times. But we're gonna we're gonna all stick stick together and get through this. Um, another, you know what? Another winnable game. And yeah. if they go to Vegas and get a couple defensive touchdowns and come out of there with a victory, <laughs> and they're five and four, we're all gonna be right back to where we were a week ago, right? Which is like somehow every, they're every staying in contention week. every fucking week. <laughs> can nothing normal like swings i knew when they were down 14 to 0 i'm like i'm not ready to call it over yet because there's gonna be some no. weird stuff that happens but this time right. it wound up being over so it did kind of feel over though yeah 
Yeah, but it was really the Garrett Wilson fumble. Yeah, and again, we're not blaming him, but that fumble did feel like for sure. Uh, yeah. They're not they're not coming back from this. Yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for us. It's been well, not fun. Please but, like this episode. Don't yeah. don't like if you do. Don't do your thumbs up or down based on the Jets. Base it on how you feel. Right. About base us. it on yes. us. Well, or not or even us. Just give whatever us a you, thumbs up. Think of something you like and then click the thumbs up. <laughs> There you go. All right. And we'll talk to everybody later this week. We'll get you ready for that Raiders game and, uh, and talk a little bit more about what's going on. Who knows what could happen with this team between now and Thursday or Friday. Talk to everybody then. Thanks for joining the Can't Wait Podcast.